This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. We use propane for corn drying and heating homes here. I bought propane last summer, and it would appear that we will not be drying any corn, so my heating bill is paid for the winter. My electric cooperative utility representative tells me that the electric rates will not rise either. He says that they have their power costs locked in for the next year, so their customer rates are set too. I've been told that those of natural gas are checking the insulation in their attics. It would appear that more insulation would pay, given natural gas heating costs are forecast to double this winter. The NG price surge is going to have a significant impact on the entire manufacturing supply chain, contributing to inflation for a while. The hot topic being touted in the ag and market media are the fertilizer price hikes and shortages for 2022 crops. How reliable are your suppliers? They're trying to drum up all kinds of fears over the impact on 2022 acreage. China is a major fertilizer exporter, or was until recently, when they took protectionist measures of limiting fertilizer exports. They just labeled themselves as an unreliable trading partner for fertilizer. Fertilizer is one of Brazil's top imports, and they will feel the sting of China's reduction in fertilizer exports. They are reportedly negotiating a deal with Russia for fertilizer. That may help them the following season, but it is too late logistically to ship from Russia and get fertilizer to the farm in Brazil for this season, where planting has already begun. They were shipping the fertilizer to the farms in Brazil for the planting season beginning now, last summer. They have to plan well ahead for input needs, as there is no slack in their system for input deliveries that they can make any late changes in their cropping plans. Brazilian farmers pay cash in order to attempt to assure delivery on time. Those without the capital to do so will pay an enormous price, impacting profitability there. I'm skeptical of their ability to expand acreage as much as touted because of the limited crop input situation in Brazil. That expanded acreage does not guarantee a linear production increase. New land in Brazil has no residual fertility. All crop input needs must be provided in real time. They also have less residual fertility in crop land so that any land brought into production in the last decade or so still needs full fertility provided. Brazilian farmers are much more dependent on the immediate fertilizer supply chain than U.S. farmers are. U.S. farmers with high soil fertility tests could go two to four years without P and K application, while it is not the same in Brazil. Where U.S. farmers join the rest of the world in concern over supply and price is for nitrogen. That may have an impact on what crop choice that U.S. farmers make. Looking at the heartland U.S. as a whole, there are many crops to choose from to grow in 2022. All balance sheets have room to absorb some more acres, so it'll be hard to plant too much of everything. All prime acres are already in production in the U.S., and the marginal acres carry a lot more production risk, inflated by the higher cost of production. This looks like a civil war between crops for acres. What stands out for 2022 is that planting virtually anything offers a profit. Farmers in much of the heartland can choose from winter wheat, spring wheat, oats, corn, soybeans, rice, cotton, sorghum, alfalfa, plus a number of specialty crops. In the heart of the Corn Belt, we really have three choices. Corn, soybeans, or corn on corn. 
We got to plant 92.7 million acres of corn. This was done last year without a lot of corn on corn in the mix. As a general statement, corn on corn takes more nitrogen, is more vulnerable to most pests requiring a higher use of pesticides, is more susceptible to drought, and typically yields less than corn in rotation with soybeans. High rootworm populations impacted the western corn belt, and tar spot impacted the eastern corn belt last season. The corn market would have to go up and stay up, or soybeans go down and stay down, or some combination of the two, in order to add many acres by making corn-on-corn competitive. Rotation provides some protection from drought, reduces whole farm input costs, limits exposure to higher fertilizer costs, soybeans provide a nitrogen credit for the following year, Rotation reduces pest risk, and if rotating from multi-year corn on corn to soybeans, there is a residual soybean yield benefit the year following corn. I've heard farmers here who have been corn on corn talk of rotation for next season. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.